Hi, my name is Bidemi Ologunde and welcome to the Bid Picture Podcast, a weekly show that highlights interesting cybersecurity news and events and how they affect regular folks like you and me, and also how they all fit into the big picture of online security in this digital age. On today's episode, I'll be doing a deep dive into Fitbits, the American consumer electronics and fitness company based in San Francisco, California. Um, we all know that Fitbit makes wearable devices, um, smartwatches, trackers, and basically um, wireless-enabled devices that measure steps walked, heart rate, sleep quality, steps climbed, and so on. Um, a little background into Fitbits. Like I said earlier, they're located in San Francisco, California. And in November 2019, Google announced an intention to buy Fitbit for $2.1 billion. That's billion with a B. The, the acquisition was approved by the European Union Commission in December 2020, just last month. So the, the acquisition is yet to go ahead, but then it appears that the the deal has cleared some regulatory hurdles and it's just they're just trying to finalize um the deal so this is important as i would bring up later in the show and just let's go ahead so like i mentioned earlier fitbit makes wearable devices to track um steps heart rates um heights climbed and all of that. But then, interestingly, based solely on the information that these devices collect, Fitbit devices can also figure out interesting things about the users. For example, it is common knowledge that if, for example, we're drinking alcohol or we're about to fall sick, the heart rate goes up. So that's the body's way of dealing with these foreign substances, maybe an infection or the alcohol the person is consuming, or even when someone is anxious about anything, so the heart rate goes up or you're just feeling maybe like panic attacks or that kind of thing. So the Fitbit device would detect this change in heart rate. And of course, based on the programming that is done to these devices, they associate an increase in heart rate to physical activity. So if I go for a walk or go ride my bicycle or go for a run, the, my heart rate also increases. So that's one way of Fitbit knowing that, okay, I'm out, I'm outdoors or I'm indoors doing exercise or maybe I'm jogging in place or running, walking, whatever the case may be. That leads to an increase in heart rate. But then, of course, again, if I'm drinking alcohol, or if I'm anxious, I'm having a panic attack, my heart rate would also increase. If I'm having an infection and it's about to, it, the, the, the onset of an infection also leads to an increased heart rate, which sometimes goes undetected. But then the device, because it's on my wrist next to a major blood vessel, it will detect that increased heart rate. So when Fitbit now combines that information with other things like location data. Where am I? Am I in a bar or am I walking along the road in my neighborhood or am I at home sitting down on my couch, not moving because 
Fitbit also uses the GPS built into the devices to detect, okay, is this person moving or not? Because some exercises require the, the user to maybe, I'm, I'm, I'm on a treadmill. So I'm f not physically changing my distance, moving back and forth, but then I'm actually exercising. So, but if none of this is happening and I'm actually located in a bar, then that means I'm not necessarily doing exercise, but my heart rate is still going up. So all those activities, all those measurement metrics can actually be combined to determine to a reasonable level of confidence what's going on with this individual. So if, if my heart rate goes up at the same time every day, maybe around 5 p.m. when I go for a walk, but then on a Friday night, 5 p.m., my heart rate is going up, but it's seeing my location as at a restaurant or a bar or somewhere else, maybe my friend's house or that kind of thing, then it can make this inference based on a reasonable level of confidence that, okay, this person is not necessarily doing exercise, this person is drinking with his friends and so on and so forth. And again, further to, as part of this deep dive, I'll be looking into privacy policies. So it's one thing for Fitbit to collect data about us and our activity, location, and so on and so forth. What does their privacy policy actually say? So in the, in the privacy policy, they indicate that they may share the user's non-personal information with Fitbit's partners. So what does that mean? Fitbit, like any other company, they have partners that they do business with. Some of these partners actually pay for some things on behalf of Fitbit. So for example, Fitbit's website they have to pay for it somehow. So some of that information, maybe part of the contracts I'm, I'm guessing here is that the people managing Fitbit's website or some other things for them would have access to the user's anonymized and non-personal information for some marketing purposes. So that's kind of what most companies do because the, the adage goes, if you're not paying for something, then you are the product. So apart from the money Fitbit users pay to buy their devices, using Fitbit is pretty much free. So you sign up on the website, you create an account, you connect your watch or your other device to that account, and then it gives you data 24-7. But all that data is being used to pay some other company that is doing a service for Fitbit. So, so far, Fitbit has been transparent about how they use all this data. They made sure to indicate that the information they are passing on to these third-party companies are anonymized and they contain non-personal information. So if Fitbit is sending my daily steps to some third-party company, they would make sure they don't include my username, they don't include anything else that would identify me, they would just say, this user in Florida averages 15,000 steps a day, and then they will pass that information to the third party. So, so far, Fitbit is being responsible um, in that regard. Another way um, Fitbit can pass on user data is if the user themselves allow Fitbit to do that. So, for example, some companies have employee wellness programs. 
So it's basically saying if you prove if you prove that you're a healthy employee, we would give you credit towards your health insurance, maybe hundred dollars per year. Some companies do as high as six hundred dollars per year. So how would they prove that this employee is healthy? Okay, show us that you take a minimum of 10,000 steps a day. And that's just easy to show the employer by connecting your Fitbit device to your employee wellness account on your HR portal. So that way, I don't have to say I walk 10,000 steps a day, which is not provable. I can just tell them, hey, this is my Fitbit device, and it's pretty much believable. It's quite objective. So that when the HR people see that, okay, this person is actually doing average 10,000 steps a day, then they, at the end of the year, they would give the employee the credit towards their health insurance. So that's one example of how users can deliberately decide to pass on their data to a third party. So passing on your data to your company's HR and your company's HR would maybe pass it on to someone else but at least you know that you are the one that approved that data sharing. Another way to um, for feed, that Fitbit is being transparent is by disclosing that they will never sell their users personal data. However, further down the privacy policy documents, they say they use the data in marketing. So that's kind of confusing. So if you're not selling your, the Fitbit user's data, then how do you use it for marketing? Or is that free marketing you're doing? Because that's not clear. So again, that's something common to most companies. They say they don't sell data, but then of course they use some of this data or all of this data for marketing. It's just something to be to be aware of. Like I said, this podcast is to create awareness, to provide intelligence on all these devices we use, cybersecurity, and to be mindful, to be more mindful of how the devices we use and the data they collect can be used on the internet. So I'm doing this about Fitbit because I personally have a Fitbit. So maybe another episode might be dedicated to the other um, wearable devices out there, but then they, they pretty much run the same way. So all of this um, goes to show, and okay, once again, another thing I wanted to add is Fitbit shares user data with law enforcement agencies when required by law. So I think there have been two occasions where a Fitbit device was used to solve a murder. So someone killed someone else and they were trying to determine who killed who. And then the, the Fitbit device of the victim actually recorded an increase in heart rate when the killer visited that victim. And they were able to trace using location data, the, the, who was involved and all that stuff. So I think that was back in 2017. And another incident happened in, I think, 2019. So it's actually been used to solve criminal cases when law enforcement agencies request data from Fitbit. So that's that's one thing. And it's not just Fitbit that does this. 
mobile phone companies, Facebook, Google, pretty much every company all over the world, not just in the US, they have this, um, it's like a moral responsibility. If the data on their servers would help police to solve the case, then they would provide that data. So going ahead, I would, I would say one more thing. The trade-off between having all this information about our personal health should be carefully weighed against what Fitbit could potentially do with that information. And so far, Fitbit has proven to be quite responsible and transparent about which data they collect and what they do with it. Now to the, to the point I raised earlier. The big question is when and if the acquisition of Fitbit by Google goes ahead, what will then happen with all this user data? Because we all know that Alphabet, Google's parent company, runs their business model on collecting and selling user data. And 2019, November, Google indicated their intention to buy Fitbit for $2.1 billion. As at December of last year, just last month, the European Union Commission approved this acquisition to go ahead. So sometime this year, Google would finalize the purchase of Fitbit, then it remains to be seen what Google is gonna do with all this user data, who's gonna have access to them, who's gonna, maybe they would start selling all this data to health insurance companies and I guess time will tell. So that's that's all I have for um, today's um, short episode of The Big Picture. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to Fitbit for allowing me use, or I guess, read the privacy policy and interpret it in my own way. And this show is produced, edited, and audio engineered by yours truly, Bidemir Logunde. The production team includes Toby Atimo, Folario Logunde, and Akinla Logunde. Join us again next time as we continue a deep dive on cybersecurity news, events, and how we can apply them to our daily lives for robust cyber threat intelligence and awareness. Make sure you subscribe to The Beat Picture on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts from. For questions, comments, or any suggestions on which topics you would like to hear about on future episodes, please send me an email at bidemi at bibidpicture.com. That's B-I-D-E-M-I at thebidpicture.com. I'm also available on LinkedIn by my first and last name, Bidemi Ologunde. Thank you for your time. God bless and talk to you next time. Bye.